Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the NSAC Coffee Hour interview series. In this interview series, we hope to learn from a broad range of people closely associated with STEM PhD life. Professors, scientists, alumni, staff, administrators, and others. The goal is to get to know the fascinating journeys, stories, and experiences that got these people where they are today. In this week's interview, we had the opportunity to speak with Professor Ali Shakiri. Dr. Shakiri is the Mary Jo and Robert L. Kirk Director of the Burke Nanotechnology Center and a Professor of Electrical and Computer Engineering at Purdue University. His research is focused on quantum electronics and the mutual interaction of heat, light, and electricity in nanomaterials and devices. In this interview, we covered Professor Shakiri's journey from Iran to Paris and finally to the USA and how he decided to become a professor. As always, he has lots of wonderful advice on how a student might make the most of their PhD degree. So without further delay, here's the interview. Welcome, Professor. Thanks a lot, Joy. So Professor Shakuri, it's so honored to have you in our interview today. And as a, like a director of Burke Nellet Technology Center, uh, do you have something to welcome us about the news here? Uh, thanks again for taking the time. You know, I know organizing this takes uh, uh, a lot of effort, but uh, I think building a community is so important and, you know, everybody's busy doing their own research and sometimes uh, we get too busy. Uh, I think first I welcome, you know, any new, um, uh, uh, I guess, uh, person in the uh, community from the student side. Um, uh, first of all, I just want to remind people because of uh, kind of this COVID situation, be extra vigilant. Uh, you know, students are young and sometimes um, uh, you don't uh, think is as uh, dangerous. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, within Burke, we have also staff and other people who are in a different age group who could be uh, more affected. So please be sensitive and kind of obey um, all the COVID precautions. Um, and I think the uh, only other um, advice is that uh, uh, I'm really glad that NSAC uh, is active, have several programs, and encourage uh, as many of you to participate as you can. Thank you, Professor. So for you, it has been a long way from uh, like undergraduate, PhD, and then become a faculty, and finally uh, an administrator like for our Burke Nanotechnology Center. So at the beginning of this whole story, you got your undergraduate in 1990, and that's an education in like Europe. How was that sound like? Uh, you know, it doesn't feel that many years ago, but sometimes you start counting. Uh, yeah, it's uh, quite some time, 30 years ago. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting. I had the opportunity to be in different education system. Um, I grew up and I uh, went to a kind of high school in Iran, but moved to France when I was in last year of high school. So I finished my high school in Paris and I did uh, four years of undergraduate studies there. Um, and then I came to U.S. Um, it was a very good experience. Uh, I, uh, the feeling I have is that um, uh, the work there is much more theoretical. I think that that's one of the reasons they have good mathematicians there. Uh, but I think that's one of the things you realize when you're in different countries, that there are some local strength. Um, 
there I actually, uh, for my undergraduate work, during uh, the four years, I was at three different institutions. So it was also good. I was first at the University of Paris. It's a big place. Uh, I was actually studying first mathematics and physics. Oh. Um, and my first degree was in theoretical physics um, um, because I thought, you know, I want to see how, uh, what are, what the world is made of and, you know, what is make everything working. But then realize soon that when you do research, you become focused uh, uh, very quickly. And so it's not as a big view. And then I also realized there are limitations uh, in terms of jobs. So I moved more to engineering in my last year. Um, and um, when in 1990, uh, 89-90, I came. So actually what happened is that the last year of school, I was supposed to do five years school there. Um, I did it at Caltech as exchange student. So I was a master's student there and last year of school in France. So I kind of could see both sides. Uh, and then move to uh, to US because I think for research definitely um, uh, is a, a, a lot of more resources here than it's in US and of course uh, also I had a good environment uh, for the graduate school. Mm -hmm. I see. So did you set up your mind of doing research from a very early time when you are doing your when you started your undergraduate? Uh, no, uh, well, I guess uh, it's interesting. Um, so I didn't really think too much at each step if I should do anything else. Uh, I, you always want to do. I thought, I think I wanted to learn more. So I wanted to do a PhD from early age, but I was not um, sure that I want uh, to go out to academia or to um, uh, go to industry. So actually in my last year in my uh, PhD, last one and a half year, I hesitated a lot. I interviewed at universities and I interviewed in industry. And um, what is interesting is um, I also ask a lot of advice. I think one of the comments I should take to students is that, you know, in a university environment, um, there is a lot of resources around you. So try to uh, get to know people, use their advice. So I ask, uh, I think, six, seven professors that I really uh, liked and they were very good uh, people that I interacted with at Caltech about um, what I want to do is fundamental research, but I also, you know, like teaching. What is interesting is um, half of the professor that I talked to said if they had to start again, they would exactly do what they have done and a faculty job is fabulous. And the other half, they were all good professors, all tenured, you know, in a place like Caltech. They said, well, you know, there are uh, pros and cons. They spend so much time chasing money that sometimes takes the, the fun out of it. And they said, you know, if you go to a good research lab, uh, at the time, Bell Labs was still good. There were some good industrial lab. They said that could be good. They were starting to have some startup. They, there was uh, interest there. Um, so there was excitement. Um, so what is interesting is that after I finished my PhD, I could not make my mind. And I had offers to go to industry and I had offers to start um, a tenure track. And I said, uh, well, uh, you know, I need more time. So I actually did a postdoc um, uh -huh. to uh, kind of understand better what is required. So I went to UC Santa Barbara for a postdoc. And during that time, I also had experience right, uh, being more involved in grants and realized you know, there is a, an element uh, that you need to be good in salesmanship. And I guess I, I learned that from my advisors and uh, I thought then uh, it could work out. That's why I continued in academia.
Uh -huh. So you you tried something relevant to a faculty job during your like a postdoctor period, and then and then you make up your mind. Yeah. Then like, yeah. do you meet any like big challenges or difficulty when you are doing your PhD? Um, well, I guess it depends what you uh, define as challenge and also in retrospect, things are different than they were at the time. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, uh, for any PhD, um, uh, when I, usually you take a class, the class level is designed for you. You take physics two, that means you have taken physics one. They teach you something that is continuation. You need to continue to spend time, but this is at your level. But in research, there is no boundaries. I was going to group meeting. I had a big group, 20, 25 students, and I wouldn't understand 90% of the words they were talking about. And it was challenging. And uh, my own research, I didn't know where to start. Um, so I think um, uh, at the beginning, um, uh, could be quite uh, frustrating uh, because it's not planned. It's not that I do homework one, then I do homework two. And I think that's yeah. the real thing you learn as a PhD student, how to navigate. You know, sometimes people say, why should I do PhD with respect to, uh, you know, a master's degree? I said, well, PhD is really how to navigate in a territory you have never been. The problem you're working on may not have a solution. Yeah. Uh, how do you know? And you may waste 10 years working on something that uh, doesn't, but but if you are smart, on the other hand, if you only know do things that you know that will work, you are not innovative. Um, so how to handle that uh, is you learn it. And I think the best advice was from one of my uh, uh, office mate in graduate school in the first one or two years, he told me from the time you know what you are doing and the time you graduate is one year. <laughs> All before that, you're navigating. So don't feel bad if you don't understand what you're doing. I kind of feel that is true, but when we are feeling that, we always feel we wasted the time before that final year. <laughs> so it's not waste. <laughs> yeah, but but as you like you change your change from a student to a faculty, actually now as a faculty, you need to lead students to navigate about their problems. And then how do you like make sure that whether the project can be solved or not? You have well, more responsibilities for people. Well, it's interesting and different faculty have different methods. Uh, 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 and you know, all of us uh, have also different strengths. My advisor was very hands off and um, uh, sometimes there are some advisors who very uh, on a weekly basis want to make sure students don't do mistakes and kind of under a trajectory and, the, uh, and of course depends on the student. In general, I think uh, degree of independence is needed. You know, if uh, everybody tell you what to do next step, then you don't know how to navigate, how to solve problems. Um, but at the same time, you need to provide uh, at the right time some feedback, and that's important. Uh, so people uh, kind of direct it. Uh, I think you learn by doing, but the first thing you learn in education is uh, 
there is no magic bullet and each person is different. Um, yeah. What is important is caring. Okay, what is uh, uh, the problem that is important on one side and what is kind of the person's strength and how we can find something uh, that works on both sides. Sometimes it's trial and error. You try something, this didn't work. Next six months, you work something else. So it depends. Uh, in my case, um, uh, you, I used to have a big group now, not anymore. Um, students uh, supervise, helping each other is plays a big role. And I think that's one of the great assets of Burke is that um, you have people with so many different expertise. You are typically uh, getting a degree in a department. Often you get classmates within the same major, which is good, but you don't have the perspective. At Burke, you know, you have 200 resident students and um, uh, they're coming from 15 different academic units, different background you can learn. Um, I remember uh, one of the uh, once I started at Berg, I was talking to NSAC people at the time, and um, they were saying me, uh, telling me, oh, last week I participated in my office mate's uh, PhD exam. You know, we have been office mate for four years, and last week I realized, oh, such an interesting project he was working. And I said, oh, wow, yeah. it's a little too late if you figure out last week. But, yeah. you know, I think part of it is informal uh, you know you have a problem you go to talk to somebody but without having problem like open sessions like you have like this the more um, people take advantage uh, the better it is yeah but sometimes people just get freaked out about asking and meeting like knowing the new people so like i think like talking to people and managing people is kind of your job when you are doing the service and administration in school like along with your faculty like a position so like what is that a part of a career plan at the beginning um so I guess uh, moving from beyond faculty to be administrator I don't think I ever planned on that um, um I think I really like the research and I like the teaching. So faculty position was very good. Um, and uh, when I was at University of California in Santa Cruz, it was a small university, but you know we had a good group, good collaborators, and we were uh, 45 minutes from Silicon Valley and uh, two minutes from the beach. So you cannot get anything better from a, just pure research. Um, the only reason I came here, uh, because I knew Tim Sands, the former Burke director, and we had collaborated for a long time since I think uh, probably uh, 99, 2000. So I've been collaborating with him for 10, 12 years. So I knew about the environment at Burke and I really liked it. So I think that was part of the reason. Um, um, uh, and I think part managing a facility um, uh, uh, has of course its own challenges. You know, you have always personality issues. You have um, uh, equipment that breaks down. I guess we have some staff who can tell you about that. But I think the fun part of it is, um, uh, you know, being able to work with such a great group of uh, uh, colleagues uh, and staff that we have. Uh, I think we have a really unique. Uh, uh, setting here. I, there are a few cases if you are able to um, get some of the alumni to come to your uh, 
um, coffee offers, they can tell you after here when they have gone to other universities. I can tell you, you know, Caltech is, of course, uh, highly ranked and in a good place, but we didn't have something similar to this at the time. I, I don't know what is right now, but I don't think this level of collaboration, sharing labs, that was some things that team told me is when I was wanted to come here and was discussing about the lab space, uh, the first rule they tell you as a faculty position to negotiate negotiate is what is your space because whatever uh, you get space you get before you sign uh, your um, hiring then it's very hard to change but uh, team told me you know don't worry this is all shared this is a place you want things to happen um, and uh, I see that I see that the model we have is um, something that uh, it's very good and especially a space when it's shared by students you need to do a measurement in surface science and you go to a surface science lab and interact with students with chemistry and physics or you need to do a measurement in optics, you go in optics lab. This is the kind of um, uh, really unique things we have, uh, and I'm hoping more and more people uh, take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's very wise advice, but <laughs> sometimes people are afraid of meeting new people, and then like they kind of constrain themselves in a small room. Oh, so like you are a researcher, you are a faculty, and you are also a director. Actually, the like a part of your job is meeting people, and you are actually accepting new students and like sending them away for their future career. And you are also meeting people from industry business. So it's kind of like a center of all kinds of people around your life. So what do you think will be like some abilities that students, especially during PhD, like a PhD period, they should develop? Um, I think the way I say it is that um, all of us have certain strength, but certain strengths are latent, meaning that if you don't practice it, you never uh, show up. Uh, so my suggestion is, um, you know, you do research. First of all, in research, try to get exposed to different areas. If you can do a little theory, to do a little experiment, just to see where are the areas that you like. Um, you are working with mainly a professor. Uh, I have seen in some cases that students become glued to collaborate between different groups. So again, you talk to somebody and say, oh, if I could collaborate with that group, this project, uh, I could do uh, something that I couldn't do otherwise. And this links, uh, you practice it if it works. But beyond that, um, being successful is not just publishing more papers. Um, network is important. And I think uh, maybe this is an area students uh, forget uh, and uh, or maybe they don't put as much uh, importance. Um, uh, my comment always is that 20 years from now, uh, what do you think from what you do today will affect you? Writing one more paper or uh, kind of getting to know some other areas. Um, so I think that's uh, one. And also uh, being uh, part of a community, you never know um, uh, if um, you want to become manager at any 
uh, either industry or at the university setting like you know I am, you need to handle and work with people. So working on groups, how to coordinate uh, activities uh, such as this is a good practice to see if you like it and uh, to see how you can get better. The other part of it is, you know, nothing is you know, set in stone, uh, we should always think that there is room to do things better and uh, that's uh, something to try. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should make use of the like the spectrum of people here in Berg and try to improve and practice ourselves and get ready for the future. All right, I think uh, we're approaching the end of our interview. Uh, we would like like some questions from the audience. All right, so while we are waiting for people to ask questions, I think I can ask one more question. So like Professor Shakuri, now you are no longer a PhD student. Is there something you missed the most about your student life? Um. Well, I, you know, I think I had a very good uh, memories of that. The way I look at it, I never think, uh, you know, I think every stage in life have its time and place. Uh, I don't know, you don't want to be a student for 20 years. <laughs> um, I think the part that um, uh, maybe I miss the most is ability to focus. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, with a small group of students, we will work on a project, we read, we discuss, uh, a lot of fun. Now you have to, I have to juggle many more things. I cannot focus yeah. as much. Um, um, I think that's uh, maybe the area. Um, uh, I think, uh, you know, going to classes, you know, sometimes uh, there is nothing um, that forbid, you know, uh, people who are professional to take classes. But again, we get too busy. But I really like that class interaction. Maybe one of my uh, to do things is to start taking classes again. <laughs> Well, there are many online classes, though we don't have interactions like before. Well, question incoming from the chat. So I guess the question is, how do you balance between theoretical studies and experimental approaches? Um, how to balance? Uh, you know, the way uh, I look at it is that um, uh, I don't think it's something you can generalize. A balance for certain activity means 50-50. For certain other activity could be 80% experiment, 20% uh, theory or vice versa, 80% theory, 20. What I say, uh, what is the balance is whenever you have a problem, um, uh, so you, you are going to a, a new territory. You are trying to measure something that has never been measured or make something that has never been made. Uh, if your approach is experimental, then you try if, uh, lots of things, method one, method two, and kind of sit down and kind of do a little back of the envelope, how far can go, what people have done. So always keep an eye a little on that. And vice versa, you have a full uh, PhD about writing a code to do simulation of something. 
keep connected to experimentalists. What are the measurable effects? What are some of the factors? I think um, keeping eye on it, just not to be focused on one thing you're doing, that's my suggestion, but it's really not, uh, you know, a clear balance. Uh, uh, in my own kind of group, uh, really the students, uh, part of the theory changes quite a bit. So it's really project by project. All right, thank you for the question and thank you, Professor Shakuri. We really appreciate your advice and experience. Thanks a lot, Joy, and thanks everybody for participating.